incredible Finn James. Hi everyone. Okay, so um, I usually tell tales that are um, like amusing. Um, I think like a lot of people, I tend to use humour and comedy as a bit of a shield uh, or, or to get me out of trouble or to just sort of protect me from feelings. But I thought this, this time I'd take a risk and um, I'm probably going to depress you all because um, this story isn't, isn't funny. But it's about a period in my life that literally, uh, including myself, four people know about and one is my therapist. Um, it, it feels like this secret, this secret that, that, that I'm ashamed of, and, and that's why I never tell anybody. But I thought tonight, I, you know, I'd try and sort of, I'd put it out there and maybe it wouldn't feel so bad. So, um, I'd like to give everything a title, okay? So this one is uh, my story of the spider on the wall. Now, I need to jump around a little bit to, to you know, to, for it to make sense for you, but it starts last weekend. Now, I turned 40 last Saturday and I had been out to an Oktoberfest with some work friends, got very, very drunk, and uh, so drunk that I couldn't actually make it home from work and I had sleep in one of our, uh, one of our uh, like a function room. And there's a, I actually work on a farm and they were like, please don't sleep with the goats or the sheep, that's really weird. Um, but anyway, I was lying in one of these function rooms and just laying on the floor, sort of falling asleep. And on the wall was a spider, just one spider on a very white wall. And uh, it, it kind of made me laugh. And I, I almost said to myself, well, what one spider, is that, that all you've got? And the reason I thought that is because three years ago, I used to go to sleep every night looking at not just one spider on a wall, but there would be numerous spiders. There would be earwigs and wood lice and moths and gnats and just, you know, more bugs that I've ever wanted to share a room with. And the walls weren't white. The walls were concrete and they were damp and they had mould growing on them. And that's, that's what I saw every night for about seven months. Now, I wasn't in prison or banged up abroad or anything like that. To tell you how I got there, we need to go back to the year 2000. I was early 20s and I remember that I spotted this woman across the car park and just completely fell for her. She was straight, she was engaged, she had three children. She was like everything I shouldn't go for, but that's kind of like a challenge. <laughs> Six months later, we were together, but it was it. <laughs> it, was, um, it was a difficult relationship. This, this woman wasn't really gay. She'd had lots of relationships in the past that were quite abusive and controlling. And here I was, this very easygoing, placid person that never shouted. And I think she just felt safe with me. So the deal was that we could have this relationship, but I was not to tell anybody we were together, including the three children. And it had to be a secret. And that's what we did for 14 years. And, um, yeah, you might wonder how, you know, people, I guess people did know, but nobody ever said anything. With the children, I would have to get up at five o'clock in the morning, go downstairs, sleep on the sofa, so that they never actually woke up and come in and found me, you know, in bed with their mum. 
but I, I just loved her so much that I just, none of that mattered and I just made my entire life about trying to make her happy and trying to kind of erase some of the bad experience she's had in the past. Seven years into our relationship, um, she has an affair with a man. Now, because I love her so much and probably love myself too little, I tell her that she can go off and do what she pleases. I give her like a free pass and that I will wait for her. She does come back to me and we kind of limp on for another seven years. But then 14 years in, it's, it's clear she's going to have another affair again. And as, as much as I didn't want to lose her, I knew that I kind of got us into this and I had to be the one that kind of set her free. Now I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. I think she felt too guilty to finish it. So I thought, you know, I need to back, I kind of pushed her emotionally into a corner and I kept sort of saying, you know, are we okay? Um, I'm really worried. And eventually, you know, it brought the truth out that she just, she couldn't do it anymore. She couldn't pretend to, to be with, you know, me anymore. She wanted to be with a man. Um, and my life just, you know, my life was, was her, you know, I had to shut out so many other things for it to be a secret that when I lost her, I, it just felt like I had nothing. And then the next day after we, you know, we'd kind of drawn a line, she was like, I need you to move out. You know, there's, there's somebody else I want to start seeing. I, I can't have him coming around while, you know, you're in bed. Um, <clears throat> and and that, that was just like a step too far for me. And, and this is a really hard bit to say because I did this to myself, but it was at that point that, that I begged her to not make me move out and that instead I would... Um, does anybody have one of them houses where you've got like, like an outbuilding? Um, sometimes they, they used to have toilets in them or something, or just, I can see someone shaking their head. Um, I volunteered because I couldn't, I couldn't lose everything. Um, and, and maybe because I was trying to punish myself, but I moved in there. Now, this was an outbuilding. It, it was literally just concrete. There was no damp proofing. There was no insulation. There was no carpet or anything. It was just literally a single skin building. Um, it was five foot four long. I know this because I'm five foot two and I had to check that I could actually lay down to this in it. And it was four foot wide. Um, and it was, it was concrete floor, concrete walls, concrete ceiling. Um, it had one light in it, that was it. And for the next seven months, because I just couldn't bear to be away from her, that's where I spent my time and that's where I slept. Um, the first couple of months, it was summer, okay, so it was quite hard anyway, but it wasn't until we got into the winter that it, it started to just become awful. Because there was no damp proofing, every time it rained, water would come up through the floor. Now, also, because the room was so small, I couldn't fit a bed in there, so I had just like, squashed my mattress on the floor um, with a bit of plastic underneath there. Um, but I would wake up over morning and there would be, you know, a centimetre of water on the floor. Everything got damp on it or, or mould, just absolutely everything. I would have to wash my duvet covers and that sort of every, every couple of days, but they'd still only last about a month where they had so much mould on them that they just had to be thrown out and I'd have to get a new, you know, a new set. Um, you know, 
just just everything, and that was kind of just how it felt like. There was this kind of blackness that was just just eating, consuming my life, and I didn't know what to do about it. Um, bugs, you know, I don't mind bugs, but um, this was on another level, and it got to the point where there was so much in there that I just couldn't look. Um, I, I used to have a little block, I'm really sorry for people that like animals, but, and it was like my bug squasher, and I'd go in there and I'd quickly flick the lights on and I'd squash as many as I could and then turn the light out and just not think about it. But it got to the point where every time I looked under something, there'd be a spider there or something, and so I just stopped looking. I remember getting into bed and not wanting to stretch my legs out because I didn't want my feet to go to the end because I didn't know what was down there. Um, one of the really low points, um, this does get better by the way, um, <laughs> one of the really low points is that I remember once I had all these blankets because they just never get warm. I actually found a hole where, um, I hope it was a mouse, but it was a mouse or a rat had actually chewed it while I was asleep, while I was in there. And um, I also got covered in, in loads of bites, I didn't know what they were. I went to the doctors and she was like, I don't know what you're doing. But I can't even identify what these are. But you need to you need to stop whatever it is you're doing. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, it just it just got worse. You know, I just I, I slept with my pajamas tucked in, my socks and another pair of socks, and then I wore trainers all just because there was so much just crawling just everywhere all the time. I got through Christmas, and then there was sort of about a week when I just could not get warm. It was just, it didn't matter how much I, I wore, I was so cold all the time. And I remember lifting up my mattress to see what, what was going on underneath, and the water had just come over the top of the plastic, so the mattress was absolutely soaked and just falling apart. And it's then when I thought, well, I need to take it all out and, and dry everything. And it was at that point that I discovered the wood lice that had been sharing the bed with me. And um, they were in my duvet, in the pillowcase under the sheets. And I counted over 100. And I picked them all up and I put them in a plastic tub and I took a photo of them. And I then took a photo of the mattress and I texted my ex-partner and I said, I, I can't do this anymore. And um, I finally, finally moved back home. Um, you know, and, and things didn't get better straight away. You know, um, I think the whole time I'd been in there, my mind had just blocked everything out because it was just so horrendous and I didn't really kind of want to be present. But once, you know, back with my mom and a bit safer, everything then hit me and, sort of, you know, 2015, I, I had what I can only describe as like a nervous breakdown. Um, still kind of really surprised that kind of I made it through the other side. But little by little I did, and I, you know, I spent my time just trying to build a life that was about loving myself rather than loving another person. And um, it's, you know, it's, it, I'm here today, um, but it's been like a really, you know, it's been a really long journey. Um, but it always, it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh when I see, you know, a solitary little bug on the wall and I think, oh, is that all you've got, really? You know, um, I guess to finish off, I just, you know, if anybody else is, is, you know, kind of here and they're in their own metaphorical concrete outbuilding, you know, that... Uh, 
<clears throat> it was a really long, slow process, but you can get out of whatever it is that you're in. Um, and it might leave you with like a, like a fragility, I suppose, but it does make you a stronger person. Um, my final thing is that there's something I want you all to do tonight, because it's something you probably never ever think about. And so many people in the world probably can't do this. When you go home and you get into your bed, I want you to stretch your feet out and just appreciate what it feels like to do that and not have to worry.